Amen. So what stories have been in the news lately? There's an article in the LA Times, the Supreme Court lets stand a ruling that protects the homeless who sleep on the sidewalk. Apparently, uh, there's been, uh, this is the Ninth Circuit, of course the President doesn't like the Ninth Circuit, but uh, basically the prosecuting people for sleeping on the sidewalks violates the Eighth Amendment's ban on cruel and unusual punishment so that uh, the municipalities out there in California and the rest of the Ninth Circuit, presumably, can't just uh, prosecute people for, uh, you know, giving tickets to prosecute people for sleeping on the sidewalk. It particularly, uh, any of these homeless stories are of particular interest to me because I spent so many years living homeless. So uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about it. Um, yeah, you know, there's a problem with, of course, the homelessness, but the thing is that this society is very coercive. Homelessness is the primary threat that is advanced against people who won't work. You know, it's, it's basically a society based on forced labor, and if you won't work a job, if you won't work for money, you will be put homeless on the streets. It's very coercive. Uh, what's it like to be homeless? Well, you know, of course, the, uh, the, the standard especially the conservative party line, is that the homeless are all, you know, lazy bums who won't work. The, um, the standard liberal line is that they have mental health issues, they, they need help, they need support, they need help to get back on their feet, you know, government programs to do this. Um, let's see, what are my memories of living homeless? Um, sleeping out in a tent, being just run from place to place to place, the Ninth Circuit ruling, uh, concerns sleeping on the sidewalk, it doesn't say anything about where you can store your stuff. You know, presumably these people have no possessions or just whatever they cart around with them. But if you want to, say, set up a tent somewhere and uh, store your belongings in it, well, you're going to have even more problems. And even if the Ninth Circuit doesn't uh, let uh, Los Angeles uh, ticket and arrest you for sleeping on the sidewalk, you know, good luck finding a place just to store your clean clothes. And then, of course, we hear that the homeless are uh, dirty, they smell. Well, you know, if you, you know, where can you take a shower? Where can you store your clean clothes? If you have to cart everything around with you, um, why would you bring a clean pair of clothes every day? That would just be, you know, a lot of extra work and a lot of extra, you know, baggage and weight that you're carrying around. So, uh, yes, you have a tent set up somewhere and you're just constantly, it seems, being run from place to place. You can stay, you know, someplace for a little while, but, you know, very, there, there really is no free legal camping anywhere in this society. At least not in the, the cities. I guess you can go out in the woods, in the wilderness, but, heck, you've got that freedom in a lot of places. I think the Soviet Union really wouldn't have minded their dissidents so much if they just went away and lived in the Siberian wilderness. It was just, you know, who cares? Let them protest against communism to the wolves and the bears, and the wolves and the bears are thinking themselves, that crazy human lives down there in the river valley so uh yeah you're, you're running from place to place to place you have you know you're really just if you, you can't hardly even find a place to put up a tent and just sleep at night and, and keep your belongings there you know i remember uh sleeping in a tent in hawaii and uh, coming into the public library and working on operating system code in c plus plus you know why would anyone do that why would anyone sleep homeless and then come into a public library on a you know beat up old laptop and work on operating system code. It's not your uh, 
kind of conventional picture of the homeless. And the fact is that uh, some of us have lived homeless not because we're lazy or because we're drug addicts or we have mental problems, but just we're opposed to the leadership of this society. I'm not giving in, I'm not going to work a job because I'm essentially forced to do it to have a house to live in. It doesn't mean I'm not going to work. The work I do is freely available. The operating system is called Herd, and you can download it for free off the internet. Um, I'm working on a math book, you know, same thing, a different different time of my life, different place. But yeah, sleeping on the tent, coming into McDonald's, and uh, working on a math book. Working on uh, math software. And then, uh, oh, there was a story uh, not too long ago. Um, what was it? Uh, oh, yeah, all the money is being wasted on the homeless. Uh, $100,000 a person that Seattle, I think, spends on the homeless. How you doing? So uh, 100000 a person, I think they spend out on the West Coast per homeless person per year. It's unbelievable. People living on the streets, $100,000 a person per year. I mean, you know, most people, you give them $100,000, they're just going to go get an apartment somewhere, obviously. And you're just like, how do we waste so much money on the homeless? And once you've been homeless, I think, uh, you, you understand. I, I understand. I've been there. I've, all of the... Um, the homeless shelters I spent any time in, they're all run the same way. There are, of course, the clients, the homeless. They sleep in bunk beds, um, 20, maybe 50 to a room. Um, they eat at a the cafeteria. It's just, you know, it's a cafeteria. It's a hot meal often, but uh, you, know, you, run, you, know, you sit through a cafeteria line. And um, often, uh, except Fairbanks, the coldest Fairbanks is the winter. That's the only place that uh, I've been in a homeless shelter where you're not basically just thrown out on the streets, you know, practically speaking, at like 7 or 8 in the morning. You have no place to sit and work. You don't have an office. You don't have any place to just store your stuff. You just you have a place to sleep. They'll feed you, and then you're out on the streets. The staff, on the other hand, the staff get nice paychecks. They drive cars. They don't sleep with the clients. They have private houses they sleep in. They rent or they pay mortgages. Um, they live comfortable middle-class lives. I'm uh, often reminded of the guy in Fairbanks, uh, the uh, shelter in Fairbanks. They had a, uh, a, um, a, 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 a Vesper service every evening after the meal. And one evening, the, uh, the chaplain stood up during his sermon, and he's asking, where are all the people? There were like a hundred people that uh, ate the meal but maybe a dozen of us stayed for the Vesper service. He's like, where are all the people? You know, all the people enjoyed that nice hot meal. Why are only a dozen of them here to celebrate Vespers? Well, I came up to him afterwards and I asked him, you know, where are the staff? The staff never came to Vespers. They never stayed and they, they took, they worked their nine to five job basically. And then they'd close down and go home. I guess probably the kitchen manager stayed, but most of them would you know, go home. They, uh, shopped in the supermarkets. They uh, made their own meals back at uh, the house. They did not stay for dinner with the clients, and they certainly did not stay for Vespers. You never saw the staff come to the Vesper service. But in my mind, the staff are the ones that should be some of the most thankful. They have a full-time paid job and a comfortable middle-class lifestyle out of the deal. Well, that's it. That's where the 100000 per person per year goes that's spent on the homeless in Seattle. It goes to the program managers, the executive directors, the social workers, the people with their master's degrees that can't possibly live homeless. And 
ultimately enough of it gets siphoned off by all these nonprofits that uh, you end up spending 100000 a year on people that are living on the streets. I could never run a homeless shelter. I, could, I would never put up with it. I would tell the staff, you have to live basically the same way as the clients live. You're going you're to sleep in the same rooms, you're going to eat the same meals, and I could never hire or maintain a staff. They, I, they, they just they, they wouldn't put up with it. And that's just the reality of what it's like to uh, run these nonprofits, and that's where the bulk of the, the money goes that the, uh, the liberals all want to spend on the homeless. So the conservatives see homelessness as a, uh, a stick, a stick to beat people with and really make them work. And the liberals, it's a whole bunch of money thrown into a whole bunch of programs and most of the money goes into the pockets of the people running the programs instead of the people they're trying to serve. So as far as uh, the Ninth Circuit ruling, um, I don't know, it just, you know, yeah, it seems a bit strange to think that there's like a constitutional right to sleep on the sidewalk. Um, that's a bit of a stretch, I admit. But on the other hand, I mean, this just shows the poor quality of our leadership that their solution to the homeless problem is, you know, throw a whole bunch of money at it, get tough, and, you know, lock people up if, you know, they won't, you know, go to, go to the shelter when they're told to go, I guess. None of this seems like a, you know, particularly good solution, so. I do at least support independent judiciary that, uh, you know, maybe the constitutional argument is a bit of a stretch, but I, I, at least the judiciary uh, is a somewhat independent and, uh, tells the court or tells the uh, government uh, to some of their programs, no. All right, let's see, there was something else here on my bookmarks page here, if I can get to it. Uh, what have we got? What was the other story? Oh yes, oh yes, the story of the, um, the, uh, the, the TV ad, the TV ad that Hallmark Channel, there was some uh, TV ads that depicted uh, lesbian couples having, you know, wedding, wedding planning for lesbian couples. And there was a, uh, a TV ad, there's a TV ad that Hallmark Channel pulled at first and then uh, under pressure relented and has allowed it back on the air that shows, you know, lesbian couples and it's an ad for some, um, you know, wedding planning site. So I took a look at the, uh, at the ads and, uh, you know, and once, yeah, okay, the, the lesbian couple, of course, it's a bit risque, but this is what you expect in, you know, 2019. What I really found offensive about the thing was the just blatant commercialization of a wedding, uh, ceremony. That you've got, uh, these women that are supposedly exchanging their vows and their vows are I'll go to you know what lulu.com it's not what it is whatever where the website is I'll go to lulu.com I man promised that I'll go to lulu.com for my wedding planning and all you know what I mean come on you know you're just turning what should be kind of a sacred really it should be it should be a sacred ceremony sacred vows and you're just twisting this into something to just blatantly sell a website but of course, we have to stop back and think what this whole commercial TV advertising business really is. Television is the greatest propaganda machine that has ever been invented by man, bar none. 
the way it works is basically this. You've got a technology that just beams video images all over the world. And what the people run it relatively quickly figured out is that you can take a program that people want to see, a, sport ga a sporting game, uh, a sitcom, uh, some action movie, and you can break it up every 10, 15 minutes or so. You can stop and you can throw a bunch of propaganda messages in there and people will mostly put up with it. If uh, you throw too many of them in there, they'll stop watching. But there is like a sweet spot where you can get them to watch the program that they want to watch and then periodically um, throw some propaganda in there. And that's really what it is. It's all propaganda. It's mostly commercial propaganda trying to sell some product. Of course, the politicians always got to run their political propaganda. But really, it is all propaganda. And then you say, well, um, I don't have to do that. I could, uh, you know, develop my uh, sitcom, for example, without selling any advertising. You could, you know, get your actors to work for free, your um, TV operators to volunteer their time at the uh, local cable public access uh, studio, and you can try and do your sitcom that way. Or you can sell propaganda, and then all the TV, you know, the studio operators, the camera operators, the directors, the audio engineers, they all get a nice paycheck for doing this. You can, you know, buy, you know, probably top quality, you know, production equipment, um, hire good screenwriters, hire uh, good actors, and uh, really do a good job of uh, putting together entertainment content that people want to see. And simply put, you know, quality entertainment costs money to produce. So the way in this society to produce quality entertainment is you sell propaganda. You, can't, you throw these commercials in there periodically and you sell propaganda. Propaganda gets sold to the highest bidder. And that's what's going on with these uh, TV commercials on the Hallmark Channel. They are selling propaganda. And of course, some dot com with, you know, they're all pro-LGBT rights. They're going to come up with a you know, kind of a risque ad that shows two women exchanging, you know, supposedly marriage vows, but it's all just trying to sell their dot com. And then if, you know, Hallmark box are putting it on TV, so much the better because you got even more um, exposure now. Ellen DeGeneres is tweeting that, you know, what this is outrageous that, uh, you know, you, you, you know, why is this LBGT, you know, uh, lesbian couple being uh, banned from Hallmark Channel? Well, let's see. Do you ever hear any political opposition to democracy on television, on any of these propaganda channels? Do you ever hear anyone say, I am opposed to the majority of the American people? I don't like what the majority of the American people are proposing. I want to stage a secession bid, for example. I want to organize my people, will occupy Alaska or Hawaii or Texas, will vote a secessionist government into power, you know, we'll take one state out of the union. We don't like the majority, we don't like where they're going with this country. You never hear it. See, you never hear that kind of political opposition. Of course, you never hear the white supremacists. You barely hear the libertarians or the greens. There is a lot of political opposition that is being silenced in this country. I mentioned secession partly because you know, I'm a secessionist myself and also because I believe that if you truly had a free press in this country, at this point, you'd be looking at multiple secession bids. 
you know, people, uh, I think there's uh, plenty of people that would like to, you know, take a state and leave this country. Uh, the hard part is getting them to agree on what the policy would be in that state. But the fact is you don't hear these things, and the reason you don't hear them is because the people advocating for them don't have any money to buy their uh, advertising product onto TV. So it really is a controlled media that is largely silencing all opposition to majority rule. You can come here to Capitol Hill, you can hear someone with a microphone and a loudspeaker giving a protest demonstration, um, not going to be arrested, we have freedom of speech, but you're not going to hear it on TV. You'll hear, you know, an LGBT-themed, you know, wedding ad for some dot-coms trying to sell their product. They'll buy that on the TV. But the people that are opposed to the majority of the American people, opposed to majority rule, saying, we don't like what we're getting out of democracy here. Yeah, you really don't hear that. You hear two political parties, Republicans and the Democrats, both of which are all pro-democracy, they all believe in democracy, and the majority is largely split evenly between them. So they just battle and battle and battle and battle to try and you know, get their viewpoint, you know, their, their candidates voted into power. And there's a whole lot of other people, minorities of course, but you know, the minorities are largely being excluded and silenced from a political process that is totally rigged in favor of the majority. And that includes the TV networks and their, uh, basically, their propaganda products. So if I was running Hallmark, if I was just running, you know, well, I am running, I'm running freesoft.org. I'm running, you know, I just don't put commercial advertising on the site. And uh, if I was going to have commercial advertising on the site, I'd probably, uh, in one sense, censor it. But, you know, just, just be very selective about what messages I want put on the site. And you know what? I don't want... Uh, a wedding turned into a commercial event to sell some business's product. I don't care whether it's two men, two women. I don't care if it's a polygamous marriage uh, or just a completely straight normal marriage. I just don't want to see what should be a holy ceremony before God turned into a commercial product. Amen.